the fuss about the Steelers losing Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton, and later on Steven Nelson from their defense. There's nothing that scared me more about that side of the football than the gaping hole that was left right in the middle. One that has now been solved. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every weekday morning, really early. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. Vince Williams is back with the Steelers. This is not going to be the kind of thing that sets the nation ablaze with excitement. Vinny's never crossed over into being a star player. He's risen way, way, way above being a sixth-round draft pick, as he will happily remind you. But he's not the kind of guy where, you know, people would be freaking out and burning shirts over and whatever else that he was allowed to leave through. Well... I mean, he was released. He wasn't allowed to leave through free agency because he didn't sign anywhere through free agency. He became a free agent when he was released. And he was released as the Steelers apparently made very clear to Vinny because he was going to cost $4 million against the cap. And they couldn't handle it. And they felt that the cap, that every penny of cap space was going to mean more to them than trying to find a way to hang on to Vinny, even though he's a player they obviously really like. So Vinny's back. We don't have the dollar figure yet, but be very sure it's a lot less than the initial $4 million cap hit. And on top of Vinny coming back, if you go back a couple weeks earlier, Tyson Alualu made the decision to not agree to terms with the Jaguars after he had already agreed to terms and then signed to return to Pittsburgh. So you now have the two guys that were the most in the middle, that were the most responsible for run-stopping, back into the equation. And I'm here to tell you that is a big, big relief For anybody who doesn't think so, I would ask you to cue up the video from how the Steelers fared in that singular facet when Alualu went down. Just just Tyson. Just when Tyson went down, how they fared against the run. It was not pretty. And if you don't have that solved as certain key moments in recent Steelers history will support, you're, you're going to get trampled. Nothing else that you do matters. Remember how the Steelers had all the answers against the run. I'm sorry, they had all the answers against everything defensively when they faced Jacksonville in the playoffs. And on top of that, it was just, wow, it's just Blake Bortles back there. All we got to do is stop Leonard Fournette and we're gold. And then they didn't. And then they didn't, because Leonard Fournette looked over the line of scrimmage and he saw Tyler Matikiewicz over there. 
and he ran right through him. He ran right through everybody that the Steelers put in the middle of the line, and they end up trying to put Big Dan out there. Remember that? Daniel McCullers goes out there, and Daniel McCullers, he ends up all six foot eight, nine thousand pounds of him ends up flat on his back. There are a lot of things that have changed about football over the years and will continue to change, especially as it relates to the increased importance of the passing game. But there remains no escape hatch for a team that can't stop the run. And I really believe that was going to be a big, big problem. A, until Tyson came back, and then B, now on top of that, until Vinny came back. And now comes the bigger question, will Vinny start? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics in the state of Pennsylvania. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, and you can learn more about them at lgkg.com or give them a call, 888-842-5454. Be sure to tell Larry Kelly that we sent you when you do that. With a, I offer that with a, a silent wink. Vinny should start. That's what I've got for you. Am I the only person who watches Robert Spillane and just does not get really impressed? I feel like I am sometimes. Um, yeah, I was there when Spillane lined up against Derrick Henry and made himself a human missile and ended up even hurting himself on the tackle as he stopped Henry at the goal line. It was one of those plays that football people in particular elevate. I mean, inside the game, they elevate that into something special, sacrificial. Well, okay, great, but it was one play, you know? And... I was there, too, when he had the pick six. And I was there when he made other plays. But I also was there when he couldn't do pass coverage to save his life. And not that Vinny's great at it either. But I'm pretty sure Vinny's better at it than Spillane is. And I have every reason to believe that Vinny is better at run-stopping than Spillane is. I look at Spillane as if he is a backup inside linebacker, you know? I also look at the inside linebacker position position as a whole, the room, as if it's still missing someone, you know? In this day, you can't really have the Hardy Nickerson, LeVon Kirkland types on the inside. Uh, The days are long gone from when defenses used to funnel uh, everybody toward the middle so that one person would end up with 20 or 25 tackles. Remember, that was the kind of numbers that you'd see put up 
by Nickerson and Kirkland and a lot of guys before them. That's just not how it works anymore. Your inside linebackers almost invariably have to be able to cover. They've got to be athletic enough. They've got to be mobile enough, graceful enough. And yet at the same time, they've got to be able to bring down the big body when it comes through the hole. Devin Bush showed us an awful lot of the former and and some of the latter. He's not a bad tackler. He also didn't show that he was a, a great tackler. And in fairness, he's not an especially big dude. But he's got the athleticism. He can go sideline to sideline. He can eat alive your screen pass game, which is the thing the Steelers missed the most when he was gone. And I believe that I can make an argument that between Vinny and Spillane, I'll take Vinny. But between Vinny and Spillane and another Bush, or even someone who's in the mold of Bush, if not his pedigree, because I still want that first-round pick being invested into a running back, I'll take that, you know? And I think it's something the Steelers have to seriously consider. If Spillane and Vinny are your backups, are your reserves at inside linebacker, are your other options, are your guys that you put out there uh, in set packages, run-stopping packages, goal-line packages, then you've really, really got something. Am I getting a little greedy here in my expectations from the draft? Maybe, whatever, because, again, I'm not expecting a, a Bush type to be available where I would want the Steelers looking at inside linebacker. I'll tell you what, I would not be adverse to seeing that be the choice that's made in the second round. Because I'd definitely take that over one of these 500 offensive tackles that are available. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question. Today's entry comes from Jeremy, who says, DK, let's talk round two. Barring a trade back for an extra pick, if it comes down to picking a center or a linebacker who could come in and start this year, what would you do? Are we more confident starting B.J. Finney or Spillane slash Williams? That is good stuff. Uh... I could choose the easy way out of this, Jeremy, and say, well, just take the better available athlete out of those guys. But you know what? That's really not how it goes anymore. Uh, As I noted on a podcast just last week, we all talk about the Steelers, and they talk about it themselves. They're just looking for the best player, best available athlete. But then when you look at their actual patterns, almost all the time, it's not just their first pick, but it's their first three picks, sometimes even their first four picks, that are based entirely on need. Maybe not in the order of need, positional order of need. But one way or another, they address things that are missing from their own depth chart in their first four picks. So I could say, well, you know, uh, 
it's not seen as a great class for centers. It just isn't. It is seen, as I just mentioned, as a great class for offensive tackles. That's not going to help you with that need. In fact, that's not really even going to help you in, in 2021. I would be stunned if the Steelers drafted an offensive tackle who could come in and immediately challenge either Zach Banner or Chooks Okorafor. I think most likely you would see them come in and kind of have a year of training, you know, getting up to speed. But here we go, back with that linebacker again. I could throw tight end into the mix too. That's clearly a need. But then this isn't seen as a great draft for tight ends either. You know, there's always a couple of really, really good ones. But when you're talking about a great draft, you're talking about depth. That's why... You know, every year we're talking about wide receivers because you could still take the way the Steelers did Chase Claypool in the second round. He was the 11th receiver chosen of a class that was supposed to have 10 elite guys. Offensive tackle is is that in this year. And yeah, I do think you're going to see a run on them. But is it a run that's going to be deep enough to keep the Steelers from having their shot at one of them in second round? No, no. Steelers would absolutely have a chance at an OT when they pick second. But again, they've done this thing where they do prioritize positions. And I do think that you could see them being the Steelers being who they are and their love of linebackers, finding somebody that they like at that spot, especially if it's someone who can partner with Devin Bush, because that now, just look at the defense when you do that. Look at the whole thing. You have the older guys up front, you know, with Cam, Steph, and Tyson. You have TJ right in his prime over to the left. You have Alex... Highsmith uh, on the right edge. And now you get yourself basically two kids, two kids of presumably, you know, certainly in Bush's case, of, of, of great pedigree. That's why you trade up. And with this other player, this other draft pick, being kind of a partner there and then having that depth that I mentioned so that you avoid that wear and tear and you avoid injury risk as much as possible of having Vince Williams and Robert Spillane being your backups, that's a really, really, really good situation. And I didn't even mention the safety support directly behind them with Minka and Terrell. So, yeah, it's an attractive thing. It's an attractive thing to have in the middle of your football field. And I'd absolutely rather have that than an offensive tackle. I appreciate the question, Jeremy. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll do another Daily Shot of Steelers tomorrow. At Point 
Hyde Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career-ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.